Alright, back again for a Cash Medi podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking about previewing the San Diego Padres 2020 season. It's going to be a short season, 60 games, uh, starting on Friday. So I'm pretty stoked about that. We finally got some sports. I'm really excited. You know, so let's just, I'm going to dive into the, you know, the roster this year and just basically strictly talk about this year's team what I think of the individual players and how I think the team's going to end up. So let's start with the manager, Chase Tangler. I think he's got a tough situation with a young roster. He doesn't really know the roster that well. You got, you know, the spring training gets cut short, a little short early. You come back, you know, after the pandemic. Uh, I think it's a tough spot for him just because I don't think he knows the roster that well. And you're going to have to use your roster a lot in this situation instead of like a 162-game situation. You're going to have to know your players inside and out, I feel like. And I think that's going to be tough for him. But I do like what I'm seeing so far from him. Like, he ain't putting up with Austin Hedges' bullshit. He basically said, hey, man, you need to earn it. And I like seeing stuff like that. So we'll see what we got from Chase Tingler. I'm not going to put too much stock into what he does this year. Um, like I said, I think it's it's a it's an interesting and tough situation. I, I mean, it's not too tough because they got the roster. You know, you got the situation that could actually benefit them. But even if they have a great season, I'm not going to put too much stock into it because it ain't a real season. It ain't a normal season. So let's start with the starting pitching. Chris Paddock's going to be your opening day starter. Um, Obviously, I liked what I saw from Paddock last year, and I think he's going to improve. You know, he's got another year under his belt. He had a good season last year, and, you know, the changeup fastball is really, I mean, his location is great. His changeup's great. He's going to need a third pitch, I think, if he wants to be, you know, a number one or a number two. I kind of view him as a really good number three right now, like a really good number three that has potential to be a one or a two. I think he'll probably end up in his career, if I had to bet on it, I would say he's going to end up as a really good number two. I don't think he'll be a number one. And number one to me is probably a top 15 pitcher in baseball. I don't think he'll ever be that, but I think he could be a damn good number two front of the rotation they're hard to find um so there's only you know a handful of pitchers you know 10 12 15 pitchers that I would look at and go okay he's not as good as those guys you know in a couple years or a year or two I don't think you know there's a good amount right now that are better than Paddock or more proven but I think that's a it's a pretty good start for the Padres to start you know with a true you know, he's not an ace, but a, a pretty damn good, very close to an ace type of pitcher in Chris Paddock. Uh, so I see him, you know, with an ERA probably around 3.2, something like that. Wins and losses, I don't know, you know, I don't even know how many starts they're going to have. But if he could go, I think you got to hope that he could be a six inning pitcher. If he only goes five in some games, that's okay in a 60 game season. But you should be pushing for him to more times than not. You're hoping that he goes six innings. Denelson Lament is your number two pitcher. I really, I'm pretty high on Lament. I like Lament a lot. 
Um, Scanlon the other day was tweeting that he was throwing 98-99. I mean, fuck, dude. That's <laughs> If you're throwing 98-99 with that wicked slider that he has, he's got one of the best sliders in baseball. He's almost like a two, two-pitch pitcher, too, but his fastball moves. You know, I think he throws, you know, different fastballs. I don't think it's just the same fastball every time. And then his slider is devastating. He could have a huge breakout season. Um, that's kind of what I'm expecting from him. He might even be your best pitcher. I mean, just stuff-wise, I think he has the best stuff on the team. But he his control, he doesn't have the control that Paddock has. That's the difference. He's just not as consistent as Paddock is, you know, walking guys. And then, you know, his pitch count gets up there. But again, you got to hope that you could get six innings out of him every game, at least five. Um, I'm pretty sure you're going to get five, six innings. Good work from him. Because they don't have to be seven, six inning pitchers is kind of what I'm trying to get at this year. Come next year, you do in a real season. But this year, I don't think you have to do that. I'm going to get to the bullpen later, just how stacked it is. But so I like their one, two. Um, it's not, there's probably 10 teams that, 10 plus teams that have better one twos, but they can compete with almost anyone. With, I mean, they could shut people down. So I like what I see at the front of the rotation. Then you got Garrett Richards, who I've already seen twice in, you know, the, the game that they streamed and then the game they put on uh, Fox Network the other day. And his stuff is really good. I mean, that cut fastball that he throws, like 93 miles an hour, cutting away on a right-hander, cuts into a left-hander. I mean, that's a really good pitch. He gets it up there, 96-97, drops his curveball. As long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be a really good number three. I mean, a really good number three. Um, Again, six innings out of him. I think the first three guys, you want them going five five innings minimum, minimum five. But they should be getting into the sixth inning. And if they do, I think that's going to be huge for this bullpen. If you got three guys that are averaging six innings, that's going to be great for this bullpen because the bullpen's going to be lights out. I'll, once again, I'll get to that. Uh, Zach Davies, I'm not too high on Davies. He might get roughed up a little bit. He's got a pretty good changeup. The fastball, you know, it's got good movement, but if he misses on location, I think he's going to be screwed. Um, But with a 60-game season, I don't think he has to pitch five, six innings every game. He could go four innings, maybe even, yeah, four innings. If he goes four innings, maybe goes five, I think you'll be fine with him. Same with... Joey Lucchese and Cal Quantrill. I think Quantrill is the best one of the three. The only thing on Quantrill is he just he's a little inconsistent and he's still young. Um, Lucchese strikes out some guys. You know, he, he gets a bunch of strikeouts here and there. But it is... It is fun to watch. I think Quantrill is going to probably piggyback the two of them. So if Davies or Lucchese goes four innings, I think Quantrill can come in, pitch two innings, get you the sixth inning. And even if Davies pitches, let's say, 
you know, game four and Lucchese pitches five. I think Quantro could pitch both games two innings, you know. So then, you know, pitch two innings one game and then the next game, I think he could go back and pitch another two innings. So I think that's kind of how they're going to use their starting rotation. I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm not too worried about that. Um, the back end isn't that great, but the starting the fr- front three, you know, to me they're to me they're one pitcher away. They need they need an ace, and then everyone just drops down. Then that puts Paddock at two. That puts Lament at three. That would put Richards at four. Richards isn't going to be back here next year, but you understand where I'm getting at. If you get an ace, then everyone else goes down a slot, and it's going to look a lot better. So they're just, I think, you know, but. I do like the three pitchers. I feel pretty confident, much more confident than I did going into last year. Last year, they were really struggling at the beginning of the season with starting pitching. Um, This year, especially with the shortened season. Um, Okay, let's get to the bullpen. This is where they're going to win games. This is where they're going to dominate teams, especially in a 60-game season. You got one of, if not the best closer in baseball, Kirby Yates. Yates is going to have – he should have a phenomenal season. Will he have as good of a year that he has last year? That's going to be hard to repeat that. But I still – the stuff I saw last night and, you know, his stuff looks the same. Split fingers, nasty. Fastball's good. You know, great location. I don't see a huge drop-off. You know, usually when a guy has a huge season as a reliever – you would expect some type of a drop-off. But if he has a drop-off, I wouldn't expect it to be too much. Um, it's going to be interesting. If they're out of contention, then they're going to have to trade him, I think. You know, I, it's going to be tough if, if they're real close to the wild card, but kind of like four or five games out of the wild card. Do they have enough time to make up for it or three games out? Will they keep Yates? I don't know exactly when the trading deadline is, but I could see Yates being traded and you getting another top 100 prospect for him. I don't think you'll get a top 50 prospect because the guy's only going to what be on a team for like a month. Um, but if, you wanna, if you're going to trade him, you want to trade him to a team that's, that thinks they're going to win the World Series because then they'll give up a little bit more. And if they feel like Yates is the missing piece... Maybe you get a top 75 prospect for him. Um, maybe you, you know, package him in with someone else and get some even something stronger. I don't know, but he he I'm not worried about Yates. He's gonna be he's gonna have a phenomenal season. Now, next for the eighth inning, I thought it was gonna be Pagan, but last night um Tingler used Pomerantz, so maybe he's gonna use Pomerantz as the eighth inning guy. Uh, Pomeranz has got good stuff, you know, 95. I think he's going to be good, get left-handers out. He can get right-handers out. And with the three-batter minimum, you know, when the pitcher comes in, I think he's he's more uh, valuable than he's been in years past. Um, that's a really good setup, man. Emilio Pagan. I mean, I can't believe the stuff I saw from Pagan. And then, you know, I YouTubed him and saw some stuff. I can't believe we got this guy for um, for Margot. I mean, I don't understand what the what the hell are the Rays doing? And the Rays are a really good organization. They make really good trades. So I don't know if this guy's a knucklehead. I don't know if he's like 
one of the raised doctors thinks like he's on the verge of getting hurt or something. I don't know. I just, I don't understand how they could give us this good of a setup, man, for fucking Margot. Margot sucks. He, he, yeah, he's good at defense. He's okay. I mean, he's not great at defense. He's, he's good, but he can't steal first base, you know, and he can't hit. So, I mean, I don't get it. So I think, I think the Padres, I don't know of too many teams, maybe the Yankees, and that would be it. I mean, you're talking seven, eight, nine. I mean, it's pretty much lights out. So you're, pitch, you're playing a six-inning game. If you could get it to Pagan and then Pomeranz and then Yates, it's like in 2010 when the Padres had that tremendous season um, where they were playing a six-inning game. And then I really like Strom in this situation. Strom's going to, you know, he could pitch an inning or two. And he could probably pitch back-to-back games more times than not. I think him in, in Quantrill in these situations, depending if Quantrill's not a starter and he's a reliever or Lucchese, whichever way they want to go with that, uh, I would I would assume it's going to be Quantrill because Lucchese's a left-hander. I would assume that they're going to use a left-hander. You know, Strom's going to be really good in this situation. He's going to throw a lot harder. He was throwing like 91 as a starter because he knew he had to go four or five innings and he couldn't just reach back and really fire now that he's going to reach back and really fire and then basically he could become a two-pitch pitcher the slider and the fastball so i really like him in the situation that he's going to be the role that he's going to be in this year pierce johnson i don't know much on pierce johnson but a guy i know that would know he likes him a lot so i feel okay with him there uh, Craig Stammen, I think Stammen's going to be a lot better in his situation instead of being a 7th, 8th inning setup guy. Now he's going to be like a 5th, 6th inning guy. And like Strom, I, I think he could go back-to-back games and you're not going to feel concerned about that. He could go two innings. He, the next game, he could pitch another inning. Next game, he could pitch another innings. He could go three games in a row and pitch four innings. Um, so I think he's very valuable. I think Padre Twitter thinks he sucks. I don't know why, really. I mean, he gave up, yeah, he gave up like four straight bombs, and he's given up some bombs, but he got overused by Andy Green. And I think that really screwed him up last year. I remember, I think the Padres were like 11-5, and five, and I remember being at a party and being like, they used Stammen three straight games or three or four out of five games or something, I'm like, they're going to wear him down. He's going to be, he's going to get fucked the rest of the season. And that's what happened to him. Um, so I think that was Andy Green kind of screwed him. I think he's going to be much better off this year. Uh, I think Michelle Baez is going to make the team. I mean, I'm doing this on a Tuesday night. So the roster hasn't been, you know, think hasn't been, uh, hasn't been announced, but I like Michelle Baez. I don't, I don't know why, Excuse me, I don't know why no one really talks about him. I think he's much better off as a reliever than a starter. Um, He's got really good stuff, and he can get it up to 98. If he locates his fastball and then he throws his, you know, I think it's a curveball. It's it's either, it's a breaking ball, it's a curve or a slider. It doesn't have that much bite to it, but it's just an an off-speed pitch that's got, you know, some tilt to it. Um, and he could be a two-pitch pitcher. He throws a changeup, I believe, as well. 
I like him. I'm high on him because if they use him in the in the right situation, I think in like a year or two, this guy could be your seventh, eighth inning, you know, marquee one of your marquee setup guys. I think he's got a bright future. Let's see what he got. Um, another guy that I believe is going to make the team is Adrian Morahone. And again, you got another pitcher I believe that could go two innings, three innings if you need. Now Morahone, I don't think can pitch back to back games. I don't think at all. Because he's fragile as fuck. Um, Padre Twitter is kind of down on Morahone. I would not give up on this kid. This kid might have the best stuff in the whole organization. Um, he's 97, 98. He's got a changeup. He's got a curveball. When he's on, I mean, I've watched him pitch a lot in the minor leagues. When he's on, dude, he can, he'll just blow by for four innings. It's just he gets into one inning and he just like screws it up. Like he'll walk a guy, give up one single, and then, you know, walk another guy. And and he just like, he gets so frustrated. Mentally, he's just, he's just not there mentally. He's just young, but he's. I don't even think he's 21 yet, or he's just turned 21. He's not 22. I'm almost positive on that. Um, You don't give up on guys like that that can throw that hard, that are left-handed. He's got a future. Can he stay healthy? Hopefully in this role he can get some confidence this year. You know, pitch two innings, pitch a three-inning. You know, let's say say Zach Davies only goes three innings and you're, you you know, he starts the fourth inning off, and it's first and third, and there's nobody out. And you want to bring Morahone in? Bring him in, dude. You know you you got to pull these pitchers quick with this 60 game season. You because you're not going to wear out your bullpen. Bring take his fucking Davies out. Bring in Morahone, and you're like, all right, we need we need Morahone to go two three innings. Help him out, and then you got um, another reliever, Tim Hill. I mean, apparently today he struck out, he faced three batters, struck all three out. I don't know much on him. Sounds like he could get left-handers out and, you know, a left-hander specialist. But you're going to have to face three batters. I don't know exactly the rule on that. Like, if there's two outs and a left-hander's up and the other pitcher, can you take him out and he only has to face one batter because the inning's over? Uh, I'm not exactly sure on how that works, but we'll see what we got from him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's pretty good. I mean, I like uh, A.J. Preller's track record on getting relievers, so we'll see. Uh, Let's go to the catcher position. I'm done with Austin Hedges. I really don't want to see him anymore. I'm tired of his act. I'm tired of him being on, you know, 1090 with Darren or whatever station Darren's on. I don't even know what it is, 1360. I don't listen to it, but... I see tweets like, oh, Austin Hedges is on again. I'm tired of this media in this in this town. They, whoever's on the radio, they, they make it like the player's much better than what he is. Austin Hedges sucks. He can't play. Yeah, he's a great defensive catcher. He can't play. He can't hit. You can't have an on-base percentage of like 250. That's an on-base percentage. Everyone's like, well, if he could hit 220, that'd be great. 220? Fuck yeah, that'd be great. He has an on-base percentage of like 250. So how is he going to hit 220, dude? Um, I believe he's like a career 205 hitter. He sucks, dude. The arrow's pointing down. Like if if he if Paddock, Lament, or Richards, one of them is just like I I have to have him as my catcher. Fine, 
start him in those in one of those three pitchers games. Like uh, let's say it's just Paddock, and he just says, "I have to have him. I I just feel much more comfortable with him." Fine, but start Mejia the other games uh, and Loris Torrens. I want to see what Mejia can do. You could play Torrens for some defense too, and have Mejia be the pinch hitter or a designated hitter, whatever. I'm done watching Hedges. Stop playing that fucking guy. Let's see what Mejia can do. We know he can hit. Just can he call a game? Can he, you know, catch the ball? Can he frame it? What have you. And I'm, I like Luis Torrens. I like what I see out of Torrens. Let's see what he can do. Let's, you know, let's give him a little some at-bats. Stop playing Hedges. All right, let's go to the first base. Um... You got Hosmer against right-handers, and I believe you're going to play Ty France against left-handers. Um, I like Hosmer a lot better than what Padre Twitter does. I think he's you know pretty good. He, he's got to work on his defense. If he gets his defense back to what it was in Kansas City, then his stupid computer numbers will go up, um, and I think that will change his stupid war number that you know Padre Twitter loves to jerk off to. But as far as, like, he doesn't hit for enough power to be a first baseman and get paid the money he gets paid. He needs to walk more, um, stop chasing pitches. He strikes out way too much for, you know, for how many, for the type of hitter he is. He's basically a singles hitter. He hits with runners in scoring position. That's not like a fluke thing. He's done it his career. That's not... You know, some of these computer guys are like, "Oh, you never, never look into hitting with runners in scoring position because it it alters from year to year." Not, no, not certain guys. Chase Headley never hit with runners in scoring position. He did one year when he was on steroids. Hosmer hits with runners in scoring position. Um, if he can't hit, the you know, I'd give him a couple games against left-handers. I mean, here and there. I wouldn't, you know, make it a for sure thing. But if if he has some decent numbers in his career against a certain left-hander, then play him against that guy. But if not, don't give him, you know, the opportunity. Let France play. As long as France can play good enough defense. Because I think Ty France can hit, especially against left-handers. I think that guy can hit. I think he's going to surprise some people. I wouldn't play Ty France against right-handers, you know, but... Against left-handers, let's let's see what he can do. As long as he can play good enough defense at first base, so I'm kind of a little a little high on higher on France than probably most people are. Uh, the second base position, if we could get anything out of second base position, that'd be great. I'm not really high on Jerickson Profar. Hopefully, he plays good defense um, and just he hits a couple of home runs. I don't think he's going to hit for average. I just don't want to see errors. Uh, I think Greg Garcia is probably your safest bet as a second baseman. And then the most potential is Jake Cronenworth. I don't know much on Cronenworth. And then Jorge Mateo. Mateo, he got the COVID, so he's really behind right now. Um, So that's going to be hard to get back into the season, get back into the groove. I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to be out. A couple of bats I've seen from Cronenworth. He looks like he can handle the bat pretty well. You know, he's not chasing shit. It's not always one and two, and then he's chasing some bullshit. 
Um, so if we could get anything out of the second base position, that'd be great this year. The main thing I want to see from the second base position is play some defense. You know, don't fuck it up and make some errors. Obviously, center shortstop, you got your best player on the team and Fernando Tatiste. I mean, I think I could see Tatiste maybe struggling a little bit for a sophomore slump, but man, that home run he hit off a of paddock, like you could just tell the plate coverage that he has. I mean, he could get he, when he makes contact, dude. He's gonna swing and miss a lot, but when he makes contact, things good things are gonna happen, man. Because he that ball jumps off of his bat. It's fun to watch. Um, defensively, he's got to get better at throwing the ball, man. Shit, he makes great plays. Sometimes he just needs to take it easy and just he doesn't need to fire a fastball every single time in there. Ease up on the throws. Sometimes he worries me on those throws, those long throws, and he, I don't know, he's cocking his arm, and he, he wants to show it off like he's John Elway or something. Just just make an accurate throw, man. Um, but I think he'll learn on that. Um, I would like to see him, I'll go over the lineup later, but I would like to see him, you know, bat either second, third. But I think they, I think he likes the leadoff spot. He's going to have a good year. I wouldn't be surprised if he hopefully, – hopefully him or Machado get hot because we're only playing 60 games. If him or Machado get hot, I think we got a chance at a wild card. Uh, now third base, we don't really have a backup uh, shortstop for Tatis. I would assume that's going to be Manny Machado. Like if Tatis got hurt, they would go to Machado. Uh, third base, you got Machado. Machado's bat looks slow right now. I don't know. I mean, it looked slow last year, and I thought, you know, oh, he he came in late and his his timing was off. I mean, maybe it's just because this is, um, you know, almost like spring training number two, and maybe his timing is just off. But right now, his bat looks slow. I mean, there some dude was pumping ninety three mile an hour fastballs by him. Last night, and I mean, look, it's only one game, but I hope he can, you know, have a big season. We need, we need him to start. We need him to start playing, man. Start putting up the big numbers, and not just go for the power numbers. Now, one thing I will say is, the first game I watched, you know, that was on the stream, uh, he walked twice, so that. If he could, you know, work the counts better instead of just always falling behind one and two. It felt like last year it was always one and two or two and two. It always felt like he was behind in the count. He was never really, you know, three and one, two and oh. That's what you want to do is one of these big boppers. Get get ahead in the count and then, and then you just look for something in, in your zone that you want and then you crush it. So hopefully he gets hot. If him or Tatis get hot, they're going to they're gonna make the wild card. And one of them gets hot for... You know, two and a half weeks. I think, I think they got a legit shot at making the wild card. But if they just have normal seasons in that short span, or or they get cold, then I think we're gonna be fucked. Uh, if one of these guys gets hurt, they're in trouble because I don't I don't see another bat. I mean, Tommy Pham's pretty good, but I don't see. Uh, I just think it's just gonna be too hard to overcome. 
because we don't have that many guys that can hit home runs. And these are the only two that I see that are 30 home run potential guys if they were playing a full season. I don't think Pham's a 30 home run guy. And Hosmer has proven that he's not. He could hit probably like 25, maybe 30 like in a career season. But Tatis and Machado are easily 30 home run guys. If it was a full season, I would expect Machado to be 35 plus, And I would expect Tatis to be 35 plus. Um, but besides that, if one of them goes down, I think you're going to really miss the home run ball because they've switched their strategy, which I like is, you know, on base guys compared to, you know, guys just whiffing and always hitting solo shots. Uh, for the outfield, Tommy Pham, I thought Tommy Pham was going to get off to a slow start. You know, he got the coronavirus and, you know, was injured in the first spring training. But it looks like he, he looks like he's locked in. It looks He looks good. I mean, he's going to be a huge difference for this team because we're finally going to get a guy who's going to give professional at-bats. You know, you're not going to – like I said, dude, it's not going to just be 0-2 right away. Like, oh, he takes the first pitch for a strike and the second pitch he fouls it off. And it's like, oh, you know, he missed the pitch. Now he's behind the count 0-2. I mean, we, had, we used to have so many of those hitters. This guy's going to work the count. I would like to bat him, you know, second. Uh, yeah, second. I I think I'd rather second or first or something. I don't know. Uh, it looks like they're going to bat him fourth. I don't really like that, but I'm okay with that because that means Hosmer's going to bat fifth. And, you know, fam, if Fam can hit with runners in scoring position, then I'm fine with him batting fourth. He doesn't hit enough. Probably doesn't hit for enough power to bat fourth, but I don't think anyone on this team really does besides Machado and Tatis. So, and you want to bat those guys, you know, one through three, they have to be in two of those spots. So, but I think Fam's going to have a really good season or, or should have a good season. I, I thought maybe he would get off to a slow start, like I said, because he got the coronavirus and then he was hurt at the beginning of the first spring training. So I felt like, oh, his timing's probably going to be off. But it looks like he's pretty locked in. I think Trent Grissom in center field, I think that trade's going to be great for the Padres. I really do. Um, I don't know too much on Grissom, but I just got a feeling that that guy's going to be a good on-base guy. He's going to mix in. Like if they were playing a real season, he'd hit like 15, 20 jacks. Probably hit like 270, but have an on-base of like 340, 350. Um, and I think he's going to play solid center field. Like, I don't think Luis Urias is going to be good. I know Padre Twitter likes to get out the lotion for that guy. But I just – I never saw it really with him. At first I did when he was real young and he was 19 down in AA. I was really impressed because he was only 19 years old. And But that's when he was just trying to get singles and doubles. Now that he tries to hit, hit like, for power, he just whiffs way too much. But So I really like that trade so far. I think it's going to be a really good trade for the Padres. Especially, I mean, you're getting a left-handed bat, and hopefully you're getting a guy that can play center field, and that's what the Padres really need. As far as the right fielders go, or just the, all the outfielders, doesn't really matter. Uh, Will Myers, I've never high on Will Myers. I was a couple years ago, but I, I gave up on Myers like two years ago. I haven't been, you know, I'm just kind of done with him. He's just not clutch. He doesn't, when guys are on base, he strikes out a lot. Um Hopefully he he gets hot every once in a while, and hopefully he gets hot because it's such a short season. It could really look like he had a good year if he gets hot. You know, one of his 
two-week spans or a week and a half where he hits like shit like seven home runs, six, seven home runs. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just hope he's not on the team by next year, to be honest with you. Hopefully he has a good season, and then come next offseason, the Padres can find a way to attach a minor leaguer to his contract and get rid of him and get something back because I'm just kind of tired of watching him bat. Uh, Edward Olivares, I'm not too high on Edward Olivares. I like him, but I think people are getting a little too high on him. I think he can hit left-handed pitching. He looks comfortable. Right-handed pitching, he'll probably struggle. He could play. The thing, though, is he's going to get a lot of at-bats because he can play left field, center field, and right field. I think that's that's a way to get you a lot of at-bats. He's got speed. You can maybe pinch run for him in a game. Uh, Taylor Trammell, I really like Taylor Trammell, but it seems like he really struggles. You know, with the inside fastball, I'm seeing that. If he could learn how to hit that inside fastball and turn on it, then I think you're going to have a, a pretty good player. It seems like left-handed pitching gonna, he's going to struggle with too. But if his arm can hold up, you know, then he's going to be able to play center field and right field, and that's going to get him a lot of at-bats. And I think that's exactly why they traded uh, Cordero. I know Padre Twitter really likes Cordero, but I'd rather see I'd rather see these two guys get at bats than see Cordero. I was kind of you know he's always hurt and he strikes out a lot. I'm just kind of tired of the guys that strike out a lot and just hit a home run every once in a while. I'm kind of tired of those type of players. Give me a 270, 280 batting average. Give me 340, 350 on base percentage type guys that can you know just slap the ball around the field, get doubles. Occasionally hit some home runs, 15, 20 home run guys, instead of, oh, he could hit 30, 40 home runs if he stays healthy, but then he always strikes out runners on. Like, I don't like that shit anymore. Um, I, That's pretty much on the roster. I'm going to go to the questions. There was a few questions that people had asked me or I had said to ask about. Um, one of the questions is, how will the Padres approach the DH spot in their lineup? Uh, I think you're gonna see, um, I think you're gonna see Naylor a lot, and I think you're gonna see Ty France. So I think Naylor's gonna play against right-handers, and I think Ty France is gonna play against left-handers. So like opening day, it's a Bumgarner. I think France could be your DH. I think Myers could be at first base if you want. And then you could have Edward Oliveira's in right field. Now, if you want to play Hosmer, I don't know what Hosmer's numbers are against Bumgarner. But if he's like 0 for 7 or something, then don't play him against Bumgarner. You know, if he's like 2 for 15 or something, don't play him against Bumgarner. Play Ty France, you know, as the DH and play uh, Myers at first and put Edward Oliveira's in right field. Stuff like that. So against right-handed pitching, I think Naylor will, will get... A lot of DHing, and then I think Mejia is going to get a lot of DHing as well. So if Austin Hedges starts and you want to get a bat in there with Mejia, maybe you know switch hitter because if you feel like another team's going to use the pitcher only like two three innings, their starting pitcher, then maybe you you put Mejia as the DH guy because you know you got a switch hitter, so it won't hurt when they go to a bullpen guy and they're going to go to left right and all that crap. 
Uh, another question, how will the Padres split Hedges, Mejia, planning time? How would you handle it? Um, I would play Mejia about 60 70% of the time as a starting catcher. I would get his bat in there probably another 10 15% as a DH. I, I mean, I want to see the kid play. Um, I would play Luis Torrens, you know, here and there, and I wouldn't play uh, Austin Hedges that much at all. Only if a pitcher is, like, begging to have Austin Hedges. It's the only way I'd play Austin Hedges. Otherwise, I'm just done with him as far as being, you know, a catcher part of this team. Um, How would you use Mackenzie Gore this year, reliever or starter? I would use him as a – I would use him as a reliever, mix him in there. Him. I got another – pretty much they're asking about uh, Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore. Um, I don't think they make the team right away so that they can save another year on both of them. And then, you know, depending on how the starting pitching goes this year and and if you get some injuries, you get some someone or coronavirus, what have you, I would use those guys. And when I use them, I would use them for two, three innings at a time, kind of like how I'd use uh, Adrian Morahone. So, you know, if you could use um, Gore almost like how you use Strom. You know, so if he if he pitches two innings, I mean he's not gonna pitch the next game, but let's say uh, let's say Davies goes four innings, and you know the Padres are up five nothing or something. You want to bring in Gore for two innings? Bring in Gore, save the bullpen a little bit, or you're down five nothing, and you're like, all right, let's you got to ease your way in with Gore. Gore's gonna be really good, but I think he's a tad overrated, just a tad. I don't I don't know. I don't know if he'll be an ace, like a top five pitcher in a couple years. Like some people just think he's just gonna be an ace right away. Patino's got uh, Patino's got better stuff, in my opinion, than Gore. His fastball moves better. Um Gore's just got four pitches though. That's the thing with Gore. And when Gore's got his location, he's really he's he's pretty dominant. Cause that changeup that he he drops in, I mean Hitters are going to have trouble with that if he's got his location. When he doesn't have his location, which every once in a while he doesn't have, but shit, he's only 21, that's going to come. I think three, four years from now, Gore's going to be a damn good pitcher. I mean, shit, he might even be a good pitcher by next year. But I wouldn't expect him just right away, oh, he's just like like Clayton Kershaw was like to start his career. I wouldn't expect that from Gore. Patino has a potential to be like that right away be really good i think in the long run gore is probably your safer bet but patino to me has more upside uh let's see if there's any more i think there was one more question let's see um i don't see any more questions um but i i'll just say this for the padres i think you're looking at a team that can go, I'll predict they go 31-29 and 29 and they're hovering around for the wild card all season long. I think they'll come up short of the wild card. But if Machado or Tatis really get hot for like a two-week span, I think that uh, they got a real good shot at making the wild card. These are bullpens going to be dominant. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch this team. I think they're going to be... Much better suited for next year, I think, you know, because I think Gore and Patino hopefully could be on the team, you know, almost from the get-go. 
And I think that'll help out a lot. And then I think you got to find a way to get maybe one more bat if you don't get the arm. I think they're one more offseason away from getting one more stud player, you know. But like I said, I'll, I'll predict 31 and 29. Uh, I also want to talk about one thing is Padre Twitter. And I don't know. It's just becoming really annoying, Padre Twitter. Like yesterday I put out a tweet. That I thought, hey, I was almost just like suggesting or like kind of wondering why why don't they put like fifteen thousand fans into the stands, you know, for a baseball game and scatter them around. And I said, you know, you could wear a mask. And then I got a, a guy that I thought I was cool with. I mean, I even have his cell phone, and he does a subtweet, and he tells me to, that if you're complaining about no fans in the stands, you should shut the fuck up. And it's like, I mean, if you disagree with me, it's one thing. Like, I don't care if anyone disagrees with me. It's just like, well, I don't understand why we're at the point, like, if you're not one-sided, and basically it's the left side, if you're not left to the left of politics, then you're just, like, wrong by Padre Twitter. And they got, like, this mob, and they just want to just, like, fuck you, you, you know... I can't believe you think the way you think. Look, I'll just say this, dude. Whatever politics you have, man, just respect the other guy. And here's the thing. The way I will respect you back is if you respect me and also if you're consistent on your beliefs. If you're wishy-washy and, oh, well, now it doesn't help me, so I don't really, you know, I don't want to talk about it, you know. If you pull like a Malcolm Jenkins where... He's crying that Drew Brees doesn't want to stand for the flag. But then when Deshaun Jackson says what he says, he goes, oh, that's not my problem and it's a distraction. Well, I'm not going to have respect for you because that's total bullshit. Because you can't have it both ways. But, you know, some of these guys on Padre Twitter are really starting to get annoying. And it was weird even coming from a guy that I thought I was cool with. And he's telling me I should shut the fuck up saying I was bitching about no fans in the stands. I wasn't bitching at all. All I said was a suggestion, and I think it's possible. I think some other people think it's possible. And if you disagree with me on that, that's perfectly fine. I don't know. Just be. I don't think I needed to be told, shut the fuck up. So, But whatever, dude. Um, I think bottom line is we're all Padre fans. I think... We should respect each other a little bit better. And I'm not saying I, I haven't done it. I've told some people, shut up. But I wasn't really cool. If I've told people to shut up, I ain't really probably cool with them. I probably don't like them. And I probably need to work on the way I treat people too. But shit, man. It's even getting weird when you <laughs> you got people that you think you're cool with. And they're still just get so upset that you disagree with them on something or how dare you think differently than me? So, but whatever. I hope the Padres have a good season. We got sports coming. Hopefully, you know, we don't have to get, only talk about politics and all that bullshit. We can focus on some games. You know, it's funny. The, the guy that told me to shut the fuck up, he said there would be no sports in 2020. Well, we got games on Thursday and Friday. So, go Padres till the next time. All right, then.